Hey folks, welcome in the Pro Football Ireland Week 3. Getting ahead, starting to go. Big, big week in the NFL and uh, delighted to welcome everyone and be with you folks as we get ready for the third week of the NFL season. Pro Football Ireland, Ireland's biggest NFL podcast presented by 888 Sport, the official betting partner of the NFL in Ireland and also the UK. Michael McQuaid, Mark Hogan, Jason Hayes is back also. It's, it's great to see you lads and appreciate everybody listening, watching, interacting. It's been great crack so far. I know we're going to have even better crack this week. Mark, first off, my man, um, how you doing? You good? Yeah, good. I thought that we had Jason over there missing for an ACL, but it turns out he was just going to get a haircut, which we appreciate on the show, Jason. Yeah, no, I said I'd better uh, clean myself up before the surgery because it's going to be a long time before I can uh, do day-to-day activities normally. Um, but yeah, I'm back. Um, thanks for holding down the fort last week, guys. How's it going? Give us... Give us what, you know, so when players go in for the ACL surgery, it happens, you know, when they've kind of gone to the back of our minds a month after it's happened. What's a week after the surgery? How do you feel? Are you back into contact or uh, no? Well, it's completely changed my perspective, first of all. As you say, like, you kind of look at these ACL injuries in the NFL every week and you just think, oh, he's off my fantasy team. But no, no, now I'm going to be thinking, oh, my God, he's in for a tough, tough few weeks. But I am actually, no, I am improving, to be fair. Uh, the first couple of days are tough, but I'm coming off the crutches slowly. Um, yeah, you know, put, putting weight on it straight away. There's no meniscus damage that sometimes comes with ACL. So if there's meniscus damage, you'll be off your feet for a month plus. But I'm able to, I was able to walk out on crutches. Um, and yeah, slowly progressing every day. A lot of ice elevation and watching NFL. <laughs> Have you been uh, taking any of Aaron Rodgers' advice and listening to like dolphins or anything? Or no, those methods came out just after my surgery. Actually, he kind of stole my thunder a bit there with his injury. But um, yeah, I might have tried that instead of the surgery if if I found out on time. <laughs> I um I broke my metatarsal the same the same week as David Beckham broke his. There's my claim to fame. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. It's good to have you back, Jason. As we get set for week three of the NFL season for, for people. Listening or watching for the first time, Pro Football Ireland, we're, we're Ireland's biggest NFL podcast network. Way more than that. We've got live events. We've got Phoebe Schechter coming to Belfast in November. Jeff Reinbold going around six states in January and February across Ireland, both north and south. Check it out. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash NFL Ireland. Well, it's been, as always, Mark, it's, it's been a great week of build up to this week in the NFL. And there is some you know, real, real interesting games as we look ahead to week three. And there's always one to stick out because it feels like this week is going to be a week where, you know, you really, really do move the chains. We've got the Giants going to the Niners and Thursday Night Football, the Colts going to the Ravens, Tennessee going to the Browns, the Falcons going to the Lions in a tasty affair, Saints going to Green Bay, Houston going to Jacksonville before they get to London next week, the Broncos, 0-2 Broncos going to Miami, first home game Miami this year. And we'll talk about this game in a few minutes. The Chargers go on to, Vi- to, to the Vikings. Both teams go to the Bradyless uh, New England Patriots or go to the New York Jets, Buffalo, Washington, Carolina, Seattle, Dallas and Arizona. See if they've had a fight this week. And Chicago at Kansas City. Um, Sunday Night Football is the Steelers going up to Las Vegas for you know at least the first time this season. And the Eagles go on to Tampa Bay and the Rams go to Cincinnati on a Monday Night Football double bill separate topic I want a double bill on Monday Night Football every week I just don't want to watch the Saints and the Panthers ever again on Monday Night Football um, 
any is, does anybody want to add anything before we get into our crazy topic schedule boys no it's just a massive week and i suppose this alludes to the topics that we're going to go into but it's um you know it's kind of the first moving week of the season there is a few of these contrary to popular belief but i suppose this is the one now that um three and oh you don't fluke into a three win season or streak the three win streak no matter who you are and you don't fluke into a three losing streak either so yeah big week yeah it's it's mad it's mad Jason have you something to say well yeah you say that Mark but I'm just eternally scared by the time the Cardinals started 4-0 and and finished 5-11 and so you can be a pretender for a bit longer which yeah it's unlikely um, but really looking forward to the, the the games ahead I think there's a lot of even and tough matches um, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to chatting with you boys and as people know by now we don't do picks on this podcast we we talk through the details and we go through the the caveats and take it to the next level as far as we're concerned if you want to hear picks jeff reinbold show friday morning 6 a.m or 106 a.m whenever i get it up online i'm away all weekend so i will definitely be up at 1 a.m if you somehow see me in prague this weekend please do buy me a pint folks if you're if you're there uh right let's look at our first topic um Owen two teams. There's a few of them at the moment. I'll not start naming them, but I guess Mark, first off, which teams do you think at Owen two have a chance of making the playoffs? I think we're going to pick a team each. I'll go last, but you know, first off, you look at like that Vikings Chargers game, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But two Owen two teams, and I wrote an article for this this week. It just feels like not just for these teams, but for various teams around the league. You look at the Broncos going to the Dolphins, for example. This is the moving week, and this is the week where, as you said, if you go to Owen Free, it's so much harder to crawl back, especially if you're in the AFC. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to name the Owen 2 teams, and then we have some stats to back it up, but my notes have gone walkabouts right now with the actual stat in it, so you fill in for me for a minute, please. <laughs> I think Jason I might have it, though. <laughs> I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah I, can, I can jump in here, Michael. Um, so since this is the dreaded 0-3 start that every team is trying to avoid, since 2002, 99 teams have started 0-3 and just one of those teams made the playoffs, which was the 2018 Houston Texans. That might change a small bit with the, the extra 17-game season, but it shouldn't change too much. Um, so it's definitely a big, a big thing to avoid. And there's some teams that people wouldn't have expected to be owning to that were uh that, that would be looking to avoid that that's hard to believe you, you you almost forget mark about the texans back in 18 especially with the whole situation there at the time they, they done very well to get through that year i'll give mine at the end uh what team are you thinking of mark that's sitting owing to at the minute that might make a push after this week yeah, I suppose the people in the curtain, uh, we kind of were looking at teams amongst ourselves and who wanted to go where. And I kind of settled on the Patriots, who after last night's show, if you listen to James Gallup, we really got into the Patriots because James is a, a Patriots fan. But they're a team that really intrigues me because of the teams that they've played, I think is really important. They've played the Miami Dolphins. They played the Philadelphia Eagles, two of the best teams in the league on both sides of the ball and I think that's really important to kind of talk about because they were able to hold good offenses to relatively low scores I hate to repeat myself but for those that didn't listen to the James Gallup podcast yet they conceded 16 points straight away against the Eagles 
that was largely to do, and this is talking about the defense, largely to do on the offense uh, in Ezekiel Elliott fumble and interception by Mike Jones. The same thing happened in the Miami Dolphins game. So the defense isn't being set up in fantastic position to defend against scoring points early on. But then what's absolutely remarkable is in three quarters of football against the Eagles, the Patriots conceded just nine points and a whole half against the Miami Dolphins, who might be the most explosive offense in football right now, they only conceded seven points. So I think the defense is absolutely there. Um, they have studs throughout the field. I think uh, Christian Gonzalez, the rookie first-round pick that they had, is playing really, really well. But what's really been the concern, and um, Taylor Coyles, from, he's a beat reporter from uh, that covers the New England Patriots, has a video up that if anyone's checked this, because I know talking about O-line is never an easy thing to do, especially for us that we don't know O-line that well, or well enough to discuss it fully. But Taylor Coyles, if you want to check him out on Twitter, really did show how the New England Patriots are giving Mac Jones no help. So it's like, with this bit of a Ryan offense, we against phenomenal pass rushes. Like, the Eagles front last year was probably the best in the league. And then, you know, going into this year, how high it was in the Miami Dolphins and Vic Fangio and how he schemes up against it, that they haven't really been given a chance to show off how good they could be. So it's a very difficult spot that the Patriots are in. They played the Jets this week, which it's like it really, really is make or break, especially against another phenomenal defense. Like they just don't catch a break, these Patriots. But they have the talent there, and I think Bill Belichick has been setting this defense up for four years now, and it is, you know, going under the radar how good it is. So maybe it pushes them to another level. Who have you got, Jason? Well, I'm going with probably the most um, obvious choice of all the own two teams, and that's the team with Joe Burrow, Joey Franchise at quarterback. Um, there's no way around it that the Bengals have had a rough start to the season and they've come out slow for the, the second year running. Jason Williams of the Cincinnati Enquirer wrote that this season's start feels worse than that start in 2022. Um, a quote from the article says that it's not just an 0-2 start. It's an O-crap and 2 start. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, but uh, I think he's right that there are concerns. main one right now is Joe Burrow's calf, um, which Rappaport reports uh, Rappaport reported, this was a tongue twister, uh, today that his calf is looking a bit better early in the week. Um, no injury report today, of course, because they aren't playing till Monday. Um, but we'll see how they got on with that. Um, but really, I think people overall kind of underestimate the impact that injuries can have in the preseason. So everyone's kind of concerned about Joe Burrow coming back in time for the start of the regular season. But you really have to factor in the fact that he's you know, he's missed all of August, essentially. Um, and those are uh, very important reps to getting in sync with the rest of the offense. They got blown out in the first week against Cleveland. Um, it's not an easy game. They got blown out last year in Cleveland as well, when they were in the middle of their season. They were better against Baltimore, still quite sluggish, but at least they're showing improvements. I think they'll come around and get right eventually. Um take a quote from Aaron Rodgers a few years ago when the Packers had a slow start I think Bengals fans just need to relax because they will get better they're not going to play the season uh, as they've started these two games the next four games uh, they have a tricky one at at the Rams uh, on Monday Night Football I'll talk about that in a second Um, but after that it's the Titans, Cardinals uh, and the Seahawks followed by an early bye so definitely not the most gruesome schedule 
they can knock out a couple of wins there and get into the bye, even three and three, two and four. They're a team that's going to eventually get it right and get going and go on a run of eight, nine, ten wins as they did last year. Um, but it is all dependent on Joe Burrow coming back. I actually I had to Google. I'm not sure if you guys know the backup quarterback for the, the Cincinnati Ryan? Bengals. I, I had to Google it myself. Yeah, good, good shout. Jake Browning, he's had four snaps in the regular season as in, in his entire career. So um, that's definitely a situation they want to avoid. I'm in the, uh, and feel free to jump on me, both of you boys and the people listening or watching to this. I think I said this on a, I think on the podcast with James Mark yesterday. I, I think if, you've, if you're playing the Rams and you've got a game against the Cardinals, no disrespect to the Cardinals, and you've got two games in between that and you've got a bye on the 15th of October, you're looking at those Niners and Bills games. You want to have a fully fit Joe Burrow. I have no idea. At the time of recording, how what what his fitness is when you see Zach Taylor refusing to talk about his rehabilitation schedule or his fitness on Tuesday and Wednesday, you think to yourself, "Well, there's something else going on here." If he's not anywhere near eighty-five to ninety percent, I don't think he should play in Monday Night Football. And I think you give him at least the week after that off to get him ready for a grueling schedule, especially in the AFC North. Um, if that means you're going to lose a couple of games, let it happen and allow Joe to come back fully fit and go down the stretch this season like I just don't I wouldn't want to bet against the Bengals but I just I don't want to gamble on your best player's fitness also maybe I'm being too prudent Mark Jason what are you about no, a, lot, a lot's to play out in the AFC but through two weeks we were kind of saying during the off season the AFC North the AFC East teams are going to be re-battling it out there for the final playoff spot and that's why that Bills game is going to be phenomenal if you were to give say the Dolphins the AFC East this early in the year it's like yeah when you start talking about tiebreakers and that because it's going to be so tough but you know there there is separation starting to form there in the race for that AFC spot because like the the Ravens the, that offense is not like uh, give me a break OBJ is not like lining it up at all and he's already injured we don't know what the Browns are going to be without Nick Chubb but their season really was going to rest on how good Deshaun Watson could be and he's looking useless so those names that we really thought were going to push them maybe the Bengals are going to catch a break here and let the AFC East beat itself up even now without an Aaron Rodgers that's another break that's gone in their favour that that is another team that's kind of dropping off so it's going to be a tight race but it's not going to be as tight as maybe we were hoping going into the year, if that makes sense, I think. Let's see. I, I like the picks. I, I like the teams. I think you'll, you'll, you'll get a lot, a lot of loving from those boys and ladies that support those teams, boys. Um, I'm going to throw fuel onto the fire, and I'm going to say that this game between the Vikings and the Chargers this weekend could see the end of Brandon Steele in LA if they lose the game. Um. I've never seen as much of a cesspool at the minute like Chargers social media and I've just got a feeling that if they lose that game to the Vikings who are in the same numerical position as them in terms of their record I think it could be enough to break the camels back genuinely but that's just me being you know rumour rumour central um, watching Brandon Steely's sort of post game press conference last week I'm thinking what the hell's going on in, in LA here like he's already like losing it with reporters and stuff and I just don't think that goes on for 18 weeks and I think you'd look at that and you look at the whole flirtation around Coach Harborough in Michigan next year I don't think anything happens soon there but I genuinely think Steely's number one hot seat at the minute guess time will tell in terms of when or how that might happen if it is the end of the year I think the Vikings win on Sunday I think the Vikings you know they're a team that 
a lot of people expected, including myself, I guess, to have some sort of a step down this season. A lot of people predicted the Vikings would miss the playoffs. You know, they are 0-2 this season, but they're 0-2 in close games. They lose 20-17, to albeit, in my opinion, unacceptably against the Buccaneers. They should have had way more points on the board at home in the home opener. 34-28 to against the Eagles. You know, at the end of the day, Brian Flores in UDC really had an opportunity to stop Jalen in the first half last Thursday and Thursday night football. When you've got Danielle Hunter, looks like a guy, I think he's had four or five sacks in the first two games. Kirk Cousins still looks relatively good. He's got fantastic, like, composure. I was watching game tape from that second game last Thursday night. I just feel like the Vikings could win this Sunday and go on a bit of a run. I, th- I think regardless of what's going on in Green Bay with Jordan Love and the hype around Detroit, I'm not even going to consider Chicago at this point. I think the Vikings have still got a great opportunity to go and try and push for the NFC North this season. And for me, out of the 0-2 teams, I like the Vikings to make a push and get to the playoffs. Um, call me mad, boys. Anyone really disagree with that? I th- I think the Green Bay Packers are going to have a massive say in it, and I don't know if the Vikings are going to be ha- able to hang in the NFC wildcard race because the what's going to go- happen in the South, there's going to be one, obviously, from the... Yeah, I, I think that they have to win the North because I think one spot is going to go into the the South, the West, and the East. Like, if the Cowboys win the division, it has to be the Eagles. If the Saints win that division, it'll have to be the Falcons. If it's the 49ers, it could be the Rams now, not even the Seahawks, but one or other of them. That I think the Green Bay Packers, for me, have just... They're a really intrig- intriguing team, and I think Jordan Love is going to go get better and better as the year goes on. And... Yeah, I mean, that's a topic we won't go into it now. It's a topic for maybe next week, talking about Lafleur and the Packers' offense this year. Uh, one thing I will ask you about, though, um, how soon do you think that Brandon Staley could be gone? Because it, kind of the closest coach to this in recent years has probably been Matt Rule, who has gone after five games, and yep. he went into the season under a lot of pressure. The Chargers didn't get rid of Staley after last year. I don't know why they'd do it three games into this season. And, like, not even last year, and Jason, feel free to chime in on this in a second. Like, not even last year. Like, you almost forget the game in Las Vegas a year before when the Steelers got to the playoffs instead, of, if I'm correct. Um, and there was discontent then. There was... And, look, the Chargers have been very good to this podcast. We, we've had Tom Telesco on. They've been, they're a fantastic PR department. I just feel that, <laughs> genuinely, we're coming to the end here. And if you look at their schedule, they've got the Raiders up the week after this week the Cowboys the Chiefs three weeks after that if they don't win against the Vikings they could realistically be sitting one and five in a few weeks time if yeah, they beat the Raiders I hope I they, they I hope they hang on to Tom Telesco though is the funny thing like I maybe you can put it on him for not getting rid of Brandon Sadie this offseason but I do think they have a good roster in place and one of the things I mentioned in the power rankings this week was Justin Herbert had an opportunity to finish off the Titans this weekend and he didn't mm. And it was a bit kind of like, yeah, this is where you're supposed to be there. Like, we talk about you so highly that this is where you're supposed to be able to jump in and able to win a game. And he ends the game on a sack and then three incompletions in overtime. That's kind of like, oh, come on, man. Like, we all absolutely love your your game, but it's like, you can't end. Like, against the Titans? Well, that's the thing as well. Like, and Jason, feel free to chime in here after after me now. Like, they... You, you let in 27 points against the Titans, like Mark's talking about the Titans. Are you, you, you can see 27 points with a Brandon Sealy, who's a defensive coach, a defensive mastermind, some people used to call him on social media. And more so, this is the reason I think to get rid of him, Mark, instead of 
Telasco right now. I think Telasco gets another ride out of this. Dave Herbert on a rookie contract for this year and next year. They have a window. There's no point in disputing that. They need to act now. There was no point in them acting in three or four, three or four weeks, months time. Act now. Act this week. If they, if they go to 0-3, 100% act and move on and try and crawl back in the second place in the West because I don't believe that the teams outside of the Chiefs in that division are anywhere, anywhere near half decent. So they got an opportunity there. Time will tell. Jason, do you think Steely's in the job this time next week? Yeah, look, I think you've covered all bases pretty well there. Um, I think the question is, where do they go if they were to get rid of him this early in the season? But Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator. Wouldn't it be crazy Ooh. to see Kellen Moore now? He was once a, That's intriguing. Once a hot, once a hot oh, shot. Good. Then he kind of, you know, came back down to earth. This is two years ago, he was a hot shot. Then last year, Cowboys uh, fans couldn't wait to get him out. Then he does leave off the back of what we've talked about recently about that Ezekiel Elliott play that ended their their season last year when he didn't get the block. So it's like he's really boom or bust, but it's like something that's intrigued me for years. And maybe the best way to do it is like this non guaranteed at uh, thirteen weeks of the season. But going back to what you said there, Mark, about the uh, Herbert having a chance this past weekend to to get to get the job done, and we wouldn't even be talking about Staley if he did. It's the exact same in week one. You know, he had that uh, chance at the, the end of the game against the Dolphins uh, and he didn't get it done. So, look, he's a great quarterback. I'm not questioning his talent at all, but if he doesn't start uh, pulling games out when they need him most, he's going to start developing a name for himself. Uh, and he probably has already, just the fact that we're discussing it in the first place. Yeah, he has all the talent. And it's like, look at Trevor Lawrence taking it to another level now. You know, he backed up that performance against the Chargers in the playoff last year when he came from the 27 points down. He's looking phenomenal this year. Maybe it is coaching. Like, obviously, the Doug Peterson thing really worked out for Trevor Lawrence last year, and it's really reaping rewards now. But... I know I I I see these quarterback rankings now, and it's it always have been number one Patrick Mahomes and number two Justin Herbert. If I was doing one, I think I would prefer Trevor Lawrence myself right now, and I'd love Justin Herbert. You see him in the flesh next week as well. We we Trevor. I don't think we're going to get Tom Zalesko back in this podcast anytime soon, boys. Let's say uh, let's move <laughs> on. We'll talk about this job. next week. <laughs> <laughs> the um. It's, it's funny because, you know, we're, we're going into week three and, you know, we have spoke for the guts of six, seven months, Mark, about different teams that are, you know, teams that we don't expect to perform this year and certain teams have. They've, they've really surprised. Um, I guess, is there a team that we've maybe classed as feisty that we just did not see coming in this offseason? But also, if you were a team, you wouldn't want to play them. I'll jump in very quickly and say, for me, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I think the expectation was in that division that the Falcons would do better this year, absolutely, but they couldn't really do much worse after the last few years that they've had, let's be clear. But I I remember on draft night, whenever we got the reaction to Bijan Robinson being drafted and just people saying, oh, he's going to be a he's going to be a bell cow, he's going to be a worker for this team. He has been unbelievable. There is literally the, the, the special combination that he has, like elusiveness, balance, vision. The strength that he has also is just phenomenal. Like, the ex- like if I was a Falcons fan, I'd be so so excited, like genuinely. And like for a team that has Desmond Ritter a quarterback, the Falcons are four and two in games that he started. Like that is huge for a start. And I haven't even talked about their running back room outside of B. John Robinson. You got Tyler Algier and you got Cordell Patterson, who isn't even active at the minute. I would not want to play. I would not want to face the Falcons. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they play the Lions this weekend, boys. And I just I can't wait to watch that game because I think it's going to be such a a run heavy, a, a really run heavy performance by 
Coach Smith, and I I think it's going to be a lot tighter than what people think. But for me, the Falcons at two and over good value, I wouldn't want to face them. Who do you got, Mark? Oh, well, I think Jason looks like he wants to respond to it. I absolutely do. I think the Falcons and the Jags, it is a dream come true that we have them in London in a week, in just over a week's time. We're going to talk about them more in depth next week because it's going to be London week, and I know that it's going to have to happen. But I am so excited that we get to see those two teams because they are both looking. Those two teams and maybe Green Bay and maybe the Patriots are who I'm excited most about. So I think you're you're dead on with that. Were you, you were, sorry, were you trying to say something, Jason? Yeah, I was just going to add as well uh, that Lions, you know, Lions are a fun team to watch in the first place, but it should be a particularly fun matchup. I think Ty Montgomery is a bit banged up for um, Detroit, so we might see a bit more of Gibbs as well. So two of the top running backs taken in this past draft, um, two running backs that are doing very well. Uh, I think uh, I saw a stat. I can't remember the proper stat now off the top of my head, um, but it was something about missed tackles, and they're both in the top five in the league. Um Probably percentage missed rate or something. This is terrible information. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it'll be a, it'll be a fun game to fun game to watch. Um, Mark, you've got a really interesting option for you, isn't it? Who have you got? Yeah, um, I th- I feel like I'm cashing in on this one now before they've played the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football. But I I don't know. You have to give credit to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, I, I, I almost don't know where to start. I suppose this is the obvious one. Maybe I'd dive in with Baker Mayfield, someone that I've never really given much credit to at all. But in fairness to him, watching him the other day, it's like, okay, the connection with Mike Evans is there. Kind of highlights that obviously Brady and Evans never got on to the same page last year. Just how many games was it that he couldn't get a touchdown and all this kind of stuff? We don't know how he pulled out a thousand yard season. But when you look at Baker Mayfield, just the player, he is playing absolutely fearless. If he was, if another quarterback was doing some of the things that he was doing, you'd be giving out, being like, he can't keep on running. He can't, he's going to get injured. He's going to get, he plays so fearless that it's like, if the play breaks down, he's very smart with his running. But it takes me back to week one where he went into contact because he wanted to say to the team, I'm your guy. I'm going to fight for you. I want the first down. Like, you know, I'll put my body on the line, which I was like, oh, you know, it's working for him. And we kind of forget that on the other side of the ball, the defense, I look back at the numbers, they still have eight of the starters from the Super Bowl year two years ago, which that's massive. Like, that was a massive year. And that's been under Todd Bowles this whole time. So it's like William Golston is the only one now that's become a backup. But Peter Vea, Devin White, Levante David, Carlton Davis, the list goes on, some phenomenal DBs. But when you look at Devin White, the linebacker, there's a quote from him going around this week about he, how he now regrets asking for a trade. He said, okay, I was, look, I was just angling for a new contract and I went at it too aggressively, but I really enjoy playing in this defense. So it's like last year, that was a top eight defense in terms of yards, 13th in terms of points. Like it is a good defense. So when you're able to match that with this really feisty, and I suppose that's the name of the topic because that's really who I was thinking about was this books team. They are exactly that. And I think, like, look, within, they, they have a certain number of games and they, they played the Packers, the Bills, the 49ers. You can kind of write off those games when it comes to it. But there's other games that they'll have against the Colts, against the Texans, even if you want to throw the Titans in there later on in the year, that they might be able to hang around with some teams. And then maybe if you get a Detroit Lions team later, I don't know, it's probably week 10 or 11, and they're able to get them at the right way. You never know how it bounces for them. And if we're saying that a wildcard spot could be going to the NFC South, they could just hang around long enough. So I think on their worst days, they'll be unwatchable. But I think that, you know, they can beat those kind of so-so teams. 
Love it. Fully agree. Jason, who have you got, pal? Uh, Mike Evans, by the way, as well, is another name. Uh, seemingly his last year with the Buccaneers, he looks he looks absolutely revitalised right now uh, with that Baker Mayfield connection compared to what he was with Tom Brady last year. So, very fun team to watch. Um, quick shout out to Michael, by the way, who's foregoing the Man United game for this podcast right now. All I'll say, Michael, is don't That's check the good. score. Don't check I the am, score. Because they're like the, they're like the Chicago Bears of, 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 of football. So, let's... Uh, I mean, I'm presuming you're not going to say the Bears, no? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to take it to the West Coast for the, the LA Rams, who were pegged by a lot of people as potentially being in the running for that number one draft pick this year and hitting the reset with Caleb Williams. But uh, through two, game, two games, they don't look like that at all. They beat the Seahawks, who were in the playoffs last year a team who just beat Detroit last week as well. So, you know, Seahawks were, uh, wasn't their best game by any means in that week one game, but uh, they still look dangerous. Uh, and they just went toe-to-toe as well with one of the favourites in the NFC with the San Francisco 49ers. They're just doing a lot better than anyone expected. And tying it back into that uh, Bengals segment earlier, uh, I don't think it's a team you really want to face right now. Uh Cooper Cup's out, but other guys are picking up the slack and running with it. I'm not going to talk too much about Puka Nakua because Mark is going to cover that in a while. Uh, but Tutu Atwell as well. Um, absolutely playing beyond expectations. Cam Akers isn't uh, playing for the team right now, but Kyron Williams has stepped in and he's looking very good at running back as well. I think the overall takeaway is that just Sean McVay is a difference maker. And uh, regardless of the names on the sheet, his teams are going to be competitive uh, and they're absolutely surpassing expectations right now. But when you mentioned Cam Akers, it's fantastic to hear it in the same breath as Sean McVay because Sean McVay has said to him, no time for your nonsense. You're gone. Sean Mc- or Cam Akers puts up whatever his tweet was the other day being like, I'm as clueless as you guys are. It's like, no, your attitude's all wrong. Sean McVay's back locked in. He wants everyone locked in. If you don't have time for that, get out of the kitchen. So I think it's fantastic. We will talk about Puka Nakua in a minute, but I cannot believe the rise of that Rams team. It absolutely goes to show the importance of an elite head coach. I was thinking, we don't want to say it too loudly, Michael, but uh, I was thinking of the same with the GAA. When you're a Derry and you have to go out and get one of these elite head coaches, they can make a difference. Yeah, and we'll see how that goes, won't we? Uh, Pete, the, the joke up here this week is you're not entering Freaky Derry anymore, you're entering Mickey Hart's Derry. So, <laughs> Owen Mulligan's not too happy anyway. I, I don't blame him. Uh, maybe we'll get Owen or like I, I, I'll say it now because I can say it for 30 seconds and move on. I want to get, um, I want to get somebody like Mickey Hart or somebody like Thomas Niblock or somebody really like Nordy GA based on this podcast at some point. I want to get Niblock on because I feel like we could talk to him about like the GA's relationship with the NFL and Croke Park. Hopefully, no. Hopefully nobody else out there sees that idea. I've just said that publicly, but we'll see. 